Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Audacity Podcast. I am Janae, your host, and I'm sitting here with Alex, our co-host. Hello, happy Thursday. So today we're going to be diving into my story as an entrepreneur and kind of like how we got here to 2022 <laughs> and uh, sitting down recording a podcast. Like, how do we get here? It's a great question. <laughs> we're still working on the answer. Every day. <laughs> Grab your tea, take a seat, and get ready to embrace and learn from our audacity. In today's episode, we're going to explore the transformation of my brand since I started at 23 and where it is now that I am 28 turning 29 this year, the things that we have added on, the things that we have let go, and the transformation I've had as a business owner as a mom. And then we are going to dive a little bit into how the podcast came to be and how this was kind of born out of our weekly conversations that we have with each other when we meet for work and how we kind of want to share this with everyone because we think everyone's going through some similar experiences. Before we get into this week's episode, we are going to spill the audacity by sharing an audacious moment from our week. Okay, so I'm going to start with my audacious moment this week, um, and it's regarding my not-so-favorite platform, TikTok, the one that I can't master, but I was on my personal account and I committed to posting frequently this week, and I had someone, I was, I found a mom friend on this platform, and I liked her content, and her content kept popping up on my For You page because we became friends on TikTok, um, and then she slid into the TikTok DMs and was like, hey, hey, you're liking my stuff a little bit too much. You're gonna get my account shadow banned. And I was like, my bad girl, like, it's just popping up on my For You page. It's going you, two other videos, you, your content's funny. You know, and I just thought that was an audacious moment because like we are so focused on beating the algorithm. We're so focused on like sharing our lives to the point where like we've all become influencers that <laughs> even touching base with some people can be a little audacious. That was an audacious moment. It's just wild. <laughs> Honestly, props to her for actually understanding TikTok because um, for the life of me, and I think you can say the same, we do not understand it and we cannot figure out the algorithm to save our lives. Not at all. <laughs> and we spent all of February trying to master it by just like posting every day and showing up consistently because those are the only tips that anyone seems to be able to give. <laughs> So we were trying to pull it off that way and um, it only kind of worked and I think my audacious moment would have been around last week when it just kind of decided that all of a sudden with our some of our videos the views would be at about zero to ten maximum and all of a sudden they were the same content we were creating before but these ones were tanking and not doing nearly as well and they were still doing well on Instagram reels which I will live and die with Instagram. That's how I feel. But it's, I just don't get it. And I think my audacious moment is just TikTok being completely out of their, <laughs> out of their minds. Like it's unmasterable and watching your video sit at like zero or it like hurts. four hours. It just, it's painful. We're like, dang, we worked so hard on that. I know. Uh, and sometimes it's the ones that you spend the most time on that like don't do well. And then the ones that took five seconds are like, oh my God, here's 3,000 views. And, and quite like, frankly, hashtags don't even work. So I'm like, I don't get TikTok. But yeah, I guess TikTok, our audacious moments this week are 100% related yeah. to that tricky, tricky platform. This is going to have to be a whole episode. For real. <laughs> 
even though we can spend the entire episode talking about TikTok, I think we can move on to the part where we get to hear your story, Janae. Um, I think definitely start from the beginning because even just how you got to starting the business is quite the interesting story. So go ahead and start off there at the very beginning. The very beginning, I was born. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the very beginning of my story actually starts um, my freshman year of college. So I went to Hiram College uh, in 2012, and I was actually on the pre-med track or the bio biomedical humanities track to become a doctor, a pediatrician was my goal. Um, in October of 2012, I was cheering <laughs> or practicing a halftime show because my parents thought it'd be a really great idea for me to get involved with an activity if I was going to be doing 18 million different science courses. They did not like want my college experience to be just school related. Yeah. So I know it's a good idea, yeah, right? In enough. theory. Fair enough, good idea. <laughs> but we were practicing a halftime routine for our homecoming show, um, and we were like in our gym and we were just practicing our stunts. And um, I was a base for the stunt that we were doing in our halftime show. It was me, my other base, um, and then our flyer, and we we're just practicing our basket toss. And then the flyer decided to go up and out of our arms off of count. And if anyone knows anything about cheer or you have watched cheer on Netflix, <laughs> you know that you are supposed to catch your flyer. No matter what, your flyer should not hit the ground. But if you guys also know a basket toss, if you go off and you launch yourself out of the basket toss, then you go in the opposite direction. <laughs> she went in the opposite direction. And I, being the good Samaritan I am, <laughs> caught her. <laughs> And I paid the price because I caught her After by fiery. myself. Oh, God. And she was a heavy girl. She was not like, she was not our like 100 pound flyer. She was dense. She was a tumbler. Yes. I caught her and she elbowed me in every place you can think. Like I caught her with everything and she did not hit the floor, but my head suffered. She got me in the back of my neck and my temple. And pretty much I ended up suffering a concussion from that experience to the point where that concussion led to a traumatic brain injury. And if anybody knows anything about TBIs, that literally means that your brain don't work until your brain heals. And that was exactly how it went. So I was uh, steady on the pre-med track, but quite frankly, I went to a neurologist and my neurologist was giving me all these tests and he was like, girl, you can't even say rhino. And I was like, I know, but I can think it. Oh I can think it. I was like, I know exactly what word is on that freaking card, but I could not say it. And he was like, yeah, you can't go back to school until I get you into That's physical crazy. therapy and we get this figured out because TBIs are very serious. Um, so, you know, getting past all the fun little cheer stuff uh, that happened and that lovely injury, I ended up having to take a few years off of school, off of college, you know, ended up being about two and a half years in between all the physical therapy that I had to do, um, that I ended up just kind of like exploring different things during that two and a half year break. Um, granted, I was like restricted from a lot of things. Um, like I couldn't read, I couldn't really watch TV. Um, and like we had to add things back into my daily schedule that I like to do without overstimulating my brain. Um, and one of the things that we were able to 
add back into was reading and I got like really heavy into like just picking up magazines to read them because I needed short form content um, because I also cannot read as long as I used to because my brain was healing and not working. So I really got into magazines and I really started seeing like all of these um, I guess, what do we call it? I guess, I guess you call them now influencers. Yeah. Honestly, if it's 2022 yeah. and this is like 10 years later from my concussion, you call them now influencers. Um, I got, really got into reading about how influencers such as like Ami Song, um, of Ami Song style was like popping up in magazines and just like influencing culture with the audience that she had built through a personal style blog. And I found that to be so intriguing. I was like, okay, well, like she's just taking photos of her outfit with her regular nine to five mm -hmm. job um, as an interior designer. And she's like growing a following, but she's replacing models as brand influencers mm -hmm. for really high fashion couture brands. And I was like intrigued by the this B word, branding. I was very, very intrigued by it. So of course, like once I was able, <laughs> Once the neurologist like, girl, you can get back on the computer. Um, I was like, holla. <laughs> Thank God. I was like, yes. Uh, me without tech was, it was, I it was a sad, <laughs> I was a sad, sad sight. So I ended up getting back on the computer and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a personal style blog um, because I'm bored and it's going to be a while before I get back <laughs> to school. So pretty much um, Ethan, my partner, helped me create my style blog. We came up with the name Je ne sais quoi off of the French word cute. je ne sais quoi. I know I should bring it back. <laughs> I love that. That's very, very cute. People are like, that's so clever. And it I was like, is. Thank you. You're so clever. I was like, even my... My concussed brain came yeah. up with that one. <laughs> it's not even like the height of your creative abilities. It was like the least creative you've ever been. And it's flawless. It was it was great. And I was like, see? That's why that's why I deserve to be in branding. <laughs> so I ended up starting this personal style blog and we posted we took the crappy instagram photos like everyone <laughs> does who starts um at the caliber which i started i posted my outfits online i posted stories online i posted you know um stories about biological family but i related it to style and just like my personal brand identity um and we i did that for years and then when i finally was finally cleared to go back to school i ended up going to akron university um on the path of marketing and communications um i did not go to school for design because i pretty much had been doing design since i was in high school and had mastered much of the programming and i'm a Firm believer that you probably can find what you need education-wise on YouTube, university, mm -hmm. if you really need to learn something. Um, so I was more intrigued with the marketing communications business side of it anyway. Um, and then that's kind of how, <laughs> that's kind of how I got into this area of marketing and communications. Um, and then I guess if we are segueing over to how I started my business, yeah, yeah, that that's just you know. Um, I like to say sometimes Ethan forced me into it. It's like he's an entrepreneur and he's like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah, it's an entrepreneur heavy household. There's a lot of uh, business happening in here all the time. He's like, girl, what are you doing? What do you want to do? But no, honestly, I just ended up, again, helping friends here and there with branding here. Yeah. Like I had it. Arthur friend who was like writing books and he's like, hey, can you help me? And I was like, oh, sure. Like I can take a stab at it. Honestly, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. If we're yeah. being like honest. Well, nobody does. I'm like, duh. 
I was like 22. I had not a clue what There's I was doing. a secret. Doing. We'd all be doing it. So. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I totally can help you. And then I had decided to secure an internship with a local company um, here in Cleveland. And they were a, uh, I guess, health and wellness or beauty company. And they were in Beachwood, Ohio. And they had not rebranded for a very long time. <laughs> it was like, everything that was their brand was okay. very 90s. Yeah. And you're like, what? You're looking for you. And they're like, hey, like, we're hiring for this internship. Your stipend is like $100 a month, uh, which was crap. But mm-hmm. to each its own, it was an internship. <laughs> and I pretty much helped them rebrand their company and bring their company to uh, the current trends and to market to a younger generation. Um, and I ended that internship after a year. We rebranded their whole company. And the craziest thing is I wasn't even technically doing the design part. They brought in like a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. I was really helping with the strategy aspect of it, um, which is something that I've known, I've loved since... I did my internships in high school is that strategy aspect but that really launched me into like even helping more people and I was like you know what I really love this I really love the collision of creativity I love the collision of brand strategy and marketing strategy colliding into like one service um so why not launch a business um and it went and I launched a business and pretty much it went like this uh sometimes I have a I I would say now I don't have such a hard time taking the leap, but, 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 but. That first one. <laughs> that first that leap. First will do it. That first leap, low-key, I had to push myself off the damn cliff, Absolutely. and it pretty much went like, hi, Facebook people, I'm creating a business, and my website will be launched in a month. Come back and join me. So, like, I literally put myself on blast on <laughs> Facebook to say, I have to launch this business yeah. in a month. And if I don't do it, people are going to be like, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah. You announced it to the world. False so promises. you have to follow through. And that's, that's kind true. of how it was born. I launched Auden and Company in November of 2016 after telling Facebook that I was going to do it. Um, and I always say that I launched it, like, quite frankly, with... I launched it like a person who did not know what she was doing. I just had my website. I had my services. Like, we offered social media management as a service. Nightmare. Which I would (laughs) never do. No thanks. 2022, Janae would never launch. Mm -mm. Ever, ever, ever launch a service related to social media management. Um, But it was fun. It was like I launched, I trust my gut. I had a um, job at that time. I was a homeschool teacher for a little girl with Down syndrome. So I was just like, it was my side hustle technically. Um, but the job that I had was super understanding and I got Wednesdays off. So I just really worked on my business on Wednesdays and the weekends and at 2 a.m. Yeah. and in my apartment. And I just kind of worked it from there. I mean, like I can't wait to do the episode about all the mistakes that I made that yeah. I would tell every young creative to never do. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to get into that here. <laughs> no, we don't have the kind of time for that. So. um, I guess the next thing would be to talk about how the different businesses kind of came from the main one, the internship almost being a base of its own and then the creatively stocked and the creative network coming from that. And then now this podcast and everything else just stemming from that first, that first business. So first and foremost, we are building an empire. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. No, I'm actually not kidding. We are building an empire. (laughs) I'm actually not (laughs) kidding. 
<laughs> we really are. But so if you are coming from the interwebs and you've never ever encountered me as a business owner, you should know that Auden and Company technically has three companies underneath it. So we have our branding um, company, Auden Creative Co. We have our stock image company dedicated to people of color, creatively stocked. And then we have our nonprofit for young creatives, Auden Creative Network. So Alex is referring to <laughs> all, the, all the pillars mm -hmm. that this company has and how they came to be. So let's start with the internship program because that was the first one that I was like, yeah, we're totally doing that. Um, and how that became a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So in 2018, okay, 2018 was the year I decided to go full-time way too early, <laughs> um, but I was scrolling on Facebook and I was seeing all my friends say, oh my God, I can't get this job. I have no experience. I can't get this job. They're saying I have no experience. I'm like, what do you mean you have no experience? Like, I think college literally just educated you to be able to go Another into the- podcast episode <laughs> in itself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so what, what are we talking about? But like, that literally was it. It was like, they could not get the job because technically speaking, the hiring managers were like, yo, you don't have the experience. We can't hire you. And that's pretty much boomer mentality mm -hmm. right there. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, my business is small. It's in my house. Um, but why not open, <laughs> open up my dining room table to a yeah. group of interns so they can like experience, uh, what it's like to run a small business, but they can at least get like that notch on their resume. So then they can go apply for the jobs that they want. So I ended up very interestingly <laughs> just Posting on Indeed, say, hey, I have these like five positions open. Do you want to join me for three months during the summer and just help me with my business? Um, and that has become a pillar to Auden and Company. Like that has literally become a pillar. We started in the summer uh, and then we did a fall cohort spring and now we're only a primarily summer internship program. And we have really uh, helped, I guess I can say we've helped a, I can say you've helped. <laughs> I can vouch for that, yes. <laughs> Having like, been through the experience. Yeah, I think we've helped a good amount of students kind of just come into their confidence as young creatives um, and hopefully like leverage our, our knowledge as a company to help them grow. So with that being said, Auden Creative Network was born off of the foundation that the internship program had. I wanted to expand to more young creatives because I can't hire everyone who applies. <laughs> For our position because I don't have like a hundred plus positions open. There's only so many seats at the dining room table, so. <laughs> honestly, I was like, honestly, this is like, yeah, yeah. this is not. <laughs> we don't have like a table for a hundred people. No. No, no. So I wanted to expand on the foundation that we had of the program. I wanted to be able to offer mentorship, education, and resources to the Young Creatives Tool Belt, I say. Um, and I want to do that through a nonprofit because I would really love to give back to Young Creatives. I just feel like there are not a lot of uh, grant resources or scholarship resources for our Young Creatives. Like we're pretty much put out into the world and told to figure it out. Um, there's not really many accelerators for us. So I was like, I would love to expand upon what we do with the internship program and reach a lot more students in different ways um, than our internship program. So that was born out of just a need. Yeah, understand. I mean, you understand it firsthand. It's kind of like, I feel like a lot of your moments have been full circle where you kind of like even saying that you saw the beginning of influencing in a magazine, you kind of ended up emulating that a little bit in like the first <laughs> personal blog, yeah. you know, before social media, but more so like 
just in the blog standpoint for that and I think this is kind of you coming full circle and being like I had this struggle when I tried to change tracks like to the complete opposite of what you were thinking like in the first place so I think that this is kind of your way of helping other people for sure and it even circles back to um so for high school for me I ended up doing my last two years online schooling because I was bored with my school system so uh that's I feel like that's such an entrepreneur thing to say I was bored with my my school school system system, so I asked my parents if I could just be uh online school so I can move at my own pace and just kind of explore what I wanted to explore without the constructs of waking up at 5 a.m just to work towards testing and then for teachers to pretty much stop teaching after the testing was done um I petitioned the dean of my online school to swap my last elective credits for my senior year they were like you can do more art and I was like I've pretty much done every art class you can think of there are not that many that you offer um people hear creative and they're like oh you want to draw and it's like no no. like I'm fully incapable of drawing actually I just (laughs) I'm just a little creative like it's not necessarily right you don't want to take I took every art class I took sculpture I took oil painting Mm -hmm. I did web design I did I took like every freaking art class you could possibly take that was offered um and all of I just had like elective credits and I was like okay well I don't really want to do these again because they're the same format no matter if you add one two three or four behind it it's the same freaking format um so I was like hey like if I find four businesses to allow me to come shadow them (laughs) would that would those internships count as my elective credit if I hit the amount of hours that I need to and I'm like this is like 17 year old Janae like I yeah, literally that was in itself is creative like <laughs> thinking that far out of the box I'm like oh I'm just gonna intern with four different people and mm-hmm. that'll count for my credits like, yep and it did who he, was doing that and he allowed me he signed off on amazing. it he signed off on it so I ended up doing four four different internships so I did an internship with a pediatrician I had an internship with an interior design firm an internship with a small business owner who made chocolate everything and I literally always got to take home chocolate covered pretzels and chocolate covered Oreos. That's Um, the dream. And then I did a internship with a small business consultant and that actually was my longest internship that lasted well beyond my elective credit hours um, because I was so he was working with businesses he was branding like I was helping them with their strategy for a cartoon and I'm like oh my god like this is a cartoon (laughs) that like actually aired on tv and I was like creating a whole like hope curriculum um for this like strategy to go with their website um and I even think to that I was like that was literally the only way I think that I embraced the transition of going from pre-med to creative yeah. because I had had exposure to it. So it's like I almost had plan A, plan B, yeah. like plan C and figured out. And you kind of like knew you could do it. You yeah, for like, sure. Oh, I almost did it before I could probably get <laughs> You probably could do it. it again. <laughs> and like creativity was just my thing. It was my thing. I always, like I was the, the kid in the house that had the easel set up and yeah. like all my art, my hallway was my art gallery. So I'm like, art was like that hobby that I wanted to keep. Yeah. I just knew that I was going to own a business. It's kind of that thing. Like I was like, Absolutely. I'm becoming a pediatrician. I'm going to start my own practice because I can't be bossed around by anybody. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how that went about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... I even think that like just that exposure with those four internships in high school also led to like how I 
want to emulate that exposure in our current nonprofit. And then if we move to creatively stocked. Yes. Now, this one is a love, it's a love child. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a beast and it definitely is even changing more in 2022, but pretty much um, Creatively Stock was really born out of working with black owned businesses who did not have the budget for brand photography at that point because they just spent all of this money rebranding their company, whether it was packaged goods, website. They're like, hey, this is the budget I have, so I can't do brand photography at this point. And yeah. at that time, like, I don't think people realized how important content was um, yeah. in the photo realm yeah, of things um, as it is to so my solution was to find stock images for them uh, to use on their social media but they were a black owned company so if you know anything about the stock image market it is very whitewashed so we were having a very hard time finding images of black families together eating healthy black hands it was like very very simple things that you do throughout the day, but the diversity in stock images was very, very low. Um, so we just kind of had to work around it uh, and compromise on the image that we were sharing with their audience, even though they were a black owned company. And this kept popping up. This is just like one company. I would work with other black companies and I was like, I'm sure I can find like black fashion, right? <laughs> I'm like, but Again, once you add that diversity feature or filter to your search, it goes down drastically. So I was like, you know what? I, if I don't find a solution to this, like in years to come, I guess I'm just gonna start my own thing because I don't understand why it is so lacking in the stock image market, like why diversity is so lacking. Um, so that's technically how Creatively Stock was born. I was like, I guess if I can't find a solution, I will become the solution. And hence, I started Creatively Stock in 2019. Um, and we're doing really great in 2019. We're, we're mm -hmm. shooting our narratives. 2020 hit, nobody was allowed to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and I became a mom, but that was like, that was not an obstacle to me. Quite the year, huh? <laughs> It was quite the year. Um, but becoming a mom was not as hard as an obstacle as the <laughs> pandemic uh, because Oliver was just tied to me in his little Sully baby wrap anyway. Uh, and I was trying, I, I think we accomplished like two shoots that year, uh, social mm -hmm. distance and Oliver literally, I think in one of them he was attached to me and the other he was like in a stroller just looking up at the sky. Yeah. So uh, super easy. Um, but now in 2022, we are really actually getting, diving back into Creatively Stock and we are focused on growing that company and bringing it to life like it would have been if we did not hit a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, so we are restructuring that to be something incredible. And once we have all of those legal docs <laughs> signed, yeah. we will release that information. But until then, just know that a very, very exciting uh, update is coming for Creatively Stock. I know, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see you get back into it because I think my internship fell slightly before that. Because mm -hmm. I remember kind of starting the Instagram when I was working for you and I was really excited about like the shoots happening and all of that. And then it kind of like fell through and I wasn't around anyway. And then, you know, it, yeah, I'm excited it was, to see it pick up again. It was super crazy because like we had scheduled, we had had shoots scheduled in 2020 that we had to cancel because yeah. we were not allowed outside or like everything was just changing about the gathering, um, you know, restrictions. Uh, here in Ohio so we just like every time something would pop up we would cancel also and then in 2021 we just 
we kept battling the crazy summer of weather where it just rained all day, every day for weeks at a time. It just was like rain and then you might get summer here and there um, where it was like sunshine and we could like try to sneak in a shoot. Um, But I definitely remember like literally I was like heading to one of our shoots um, and I was like, oh God, please don't rain, please don't rain. It was like a farmer's market shoot. And I was like, okay, I have all the models booked. We got the photographer, we're like ready. I'm like leaving the house and then literally it, thunders and storms and i was like okay well we can't do it in the rain it's an outdoors farmer's market there's so much to coordinate that i don't think like most people realize when you think about a stock image thing you think like oh these people are just kind of doing this like Mm -hmm. no like these are just friends of yours these are models you brought in to do this so that these stock images are professional and yep of professional quality for these businesses to use and it's you got to coordinate a lot for that that's a lot of 100 percent, and we are definitely doing that in 2022 yeah we're doing that we're going Beautiful. to get this. I can't wait. Um, so I guess what we can kind of dive into with that very lengthy journey and all of that information is some of the lowest and highest points of said journey. So things that were the hardest to overcome and then some of the things that have felt the most rewarding thus far. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, so whenever I think about the hardest part of starting a business... I would be, it would be my age, my age and my lack of mentors or access to mentors because I say this all the time. I undercharged for my services, which I'm sure, yeah, like every creative does mm-hmm. um, because you just are like, I don't really have experience yeah. and 100% your price is 100. It's like attached to the level of experience you have yeah. or the expertise or how many years you've been in your industry. But like I under. I undercharge and I felt like for years and years and years I was like getting myself out of that because I undercharged and um, I like promoted myself as like a, a small business brand designer but if you guys know about any small businesses they tend to not have the budget um, for your level of expertise mm-hmm. when you get up there so like we had to there's been a lot of shifting of how we market ourselves because we don't want small businesses because they're not it, it currently does not suit us to yeah. market towards uh, small businesses. So I would say that not having access to mentors was the hardest part because I just felt like I could have got myself out of oh, the, this hole a lot sooner than I did. Um, I also was 23, a woman, and I was a black woman at that. Mm-hmm. So I hit a lot of... Uh, oh. No surprises there. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Like I just hit a lot of animosity towards people. I just like remember... Like, I would start branding for a company, and I remember, like, I had introduced myself one time into this, like, women's networking group, and then I had this lady said, are you even experienced enough to be working with XYZ client? And then they name-dropped a client, and I was like, well, yeah, I am, but, like, get the fuck off of my Facebook. Yeah. Well, regardless, I'm doing it. Like, what kind of question is that? Right. So, like, I've had, that is, like, questions that I've had. I've had people just come, like, are you sure you can do this? I've had men come you sure you can do this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, just having people question you just because you're young, black, and a woman is literally the most annoying part of my business. Hence the Audacity podcast. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. why we're here, folks. <laughs> exactly. So I would say that's the hardest part. And I even think that, like, now I'm, what, five years into this, and I would say the mm-hmm. hardest part is that, like, 
let's say you needed financing to grow your team because you have all of this business, but your team needs to grow, but it's not necessarily directly correlated to the revenue that you're bringing in at that particular moment. There is very limited financing for yeah. creative companies. And if you apply for a women's based grant or loan, they have certain criteria on those grants or loans to say like, oh, well, are you in this region? Are you in this industry? And I was like, well, no, I'm not in the freaking beauty industry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in the beauty industry. I'm not in the wellness. I'm not in the food industry. Yeah. Like I help those companies, but like that's not my industry. So you even hit nat those just natural obstacles, I guess, with um, people realizing that like women companies are underfunded and the access mm -hmm. to funding is low. But even then they put in obstacles that you technically can't reach even if yep. you are a black owned business which like popped up in 2020 where everyone's like I want to help black owned businesses mm -hmm. I want to help black women businesses but they even too have an even greater amount of criteria than most yeah things do yeah for other industries it almost creates a problem in itself yeah a 100% does um so yeah that's like 2016 Janae needed mentors 2022 Janae needs access to funding but we're working on it I mm -hmm. see it as an obstacle and I write it down so other young people and other young women especially do not have to go through this BS Which because is sometimes it can be disheartening to go through this BS absolutely because you're running a business you see the vision and then you have to convince other people that like fund this vision yeah so we're we're working on it we're working through it absolutely. um yeah flip the script the most rewarding <laughs> something good <laughs> yes we can get rid of the bad first it sucks and we know that but you know right what does my therapist say the, the like what did stuff. you always learn start with the negative yes, end with exactly, a positive exactly yes so the most rewarding thing is i feel like it's multiple things so most rewarding thing is list them let's do it i get to be at home with oliver um so i love that i created this life where i can work from home and meet my son's needs um, as a parent. That is like one of my greatest rewards. I would say second to that is meeting all of the young creatives that I get to meet and impacting their lives, even though like I totally say that they 100% impact my life um, just as much as I impact theirs, but being able to see all of the young talent out there and seeing them create things um, that they love, um, turn hobbies into business, Sis is like one of the most rewarding things to me. Um, and then like the other things, I love the branding side of what I do, but I also 100% love the creativity that I get to experience in Creatively Stock and I get to experience um, my love for education and on and creative networks. So I just feel like all of the things that I love from design to creativity, to business management, to like education all combined, in all three of my businesses. Yeah, absolutely they do. I guess we can talk a little bit about our favorite little boy, Ali, and <laughs> how he came in here and switched things up a little bit and <laughs> changed the whole storyline, basically. Woo, Oliver was the ultimate, the... like, <laughs> he was like, surprise, surprise. Yeah, he was like, I'm running the show now. 
Yeah, so Oliver honestly is truly the head honcho in charge. Absolutely, he is. <laughs> he one hundred percent is the head honcho in charge. He runs this show. Do not get it twisted. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I talk a lot about this on my personal Instagram about just the changes in motherhood. So like, people tell you that the newborn stage is the hardest stage to adapt. Two. My newborn was an angel. Yeah. <laughs> that kid was excellent. He was, just loved his boob milk. He loved being snuggled up with his mom. The essentials. <laughs> and he was like chill. He was 100% chill. A great newborn. I was able to get work done with him attached to me and just move <laughs> at the same pace I was moving to um, when I was pregnant and before I even got pregnant. Um, toddler Ollie though. Toddler Ollie made me change. Demands attention. <laughs> made me change the whole game and pretty much how how much access I give of myself to my clients and to people. So like toddler Ollie Ollie required a whole different set of attention and distraction I guess mm -hmm. you can call it but then you combine that with the fact that we are pandemic parenting mm -hmm. um, also because daycare is closed so frequently that you can't even consistently rely on a daycare yeah. because they close so consistently because of the spikes of cases. So you combine that with pandemic parenting and you kind of get this hilarious um, battle between Ollie and I. Yeah. <laughs> between my work to-dos and his I need your attention. And I will tell you I need your attention uh -huh. because I have raised a stubborn toddler yeah. who speaks his mind. So he's just changed the game, I think, to... 100% push me to build our team faster um and just like be uncomfortable in places of transition in my business so like you know I'm a person who tends to have things figured out I have plans Oliver 100% tells me no you don't have plans um and whatever plan you thought you had you really should erase it <laughs> yeah it's gone now and try again another day <laughs> um which is it's hilarious it's it's a, I was like reading on Facebook one woman was saying like, why as moms do we um, put mom and entrepreneur, like if we're an entrepreneur, why do we say we're a mompreneur? Like, why do we have to identify ourselves as a mom within yeah. our work? And I was just thinking like, well, our work 100% is impacted mm -hmm. by our duties yeah. as a mother. So why wouldn't you put those together? Because they're both as demanding yeah. um, to what you're going to do personally and business-wise. And motherhood changes exactly how you address yeah. your business side of things. So Oliver is the greatest thing that I've ever created, greatest thing that I've ever done. But he definitely has made me see that like I was giving a lot of myself to clients. I was giving a lot of myself to my business. Like I was used to working 11-hour days with no... I was just like, oh, this is cool. This is my yeah. business. This is my passion. Um, and now I can't do that. Like, I barely can make it past 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> On any good day, I barely can make it past 9 o'clock. So I was like, yo, Janae, like, some things has to change. Like, you have to change your structure. You have to increase your pricing. You have to say, no, you are not taking on these type of clients, no matter if you want to take on these type of clients, because it's not sufficient to take on clients who do not meet the... Um, criteria one but also are willing and ready to make that financial investment we only yeah. want to take on a limited like we changed our structure we don't want to be a volume-based uh, creative agency we want quality over volume so we want to take on quality clients at a lower volume so we would love to only do like eight a year and let that just be that um, rather than doing like 20 clients like that is not yeah 
our goal. Um, so I think he just realigned exactly my vision because I think I was getting a little lost in what we had already created. Yeah. And lost in that structure to realize like, hey, this is not exactly where I want to be anyway. So I think he just made the vision clearer and made me realize that my time is valuable. Yep. And he has it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of conversation about like work-life balance and how you should take the time for yourself and all of that. And it's like, this is not even like, he decides that. I don't it's even not, know what work-life balance is. Yeah. It's not <laughs> up to, and especially, I mean, you're working and living in the same space. Like, yeah. I mean, you're working sometimes on the phone. We switch from the computer to the phone so you can take me downstairs so he can play with his toys. And like, yep. that's you know, part and of he's it. One hundred percent currently a needy mama's boy. So yes. like if mommy is out of his sight and he's like, yo, she's been out of my sight too long, I'm gonna make it be known with a big fat no that whoever she's on the phone with needs to give her back. He really because. loves the word no. Oh, strong. And he knows. hates when we're on the phone. <laughs> he's <laughs> Which like is all we do, so <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can tolerate it a little bit, yeah. but like once y'all hit that hour mark, and he's like, Whoa. yeah, he's like, listen, I like this girl, but you need to hang up now because he was like, because I'm not having it. Yeah. It's it's not what I want. Exactly, I'm uh, not sharing so, attention. That's so yeah, sure. so he's definitely changed the dynamic. But you guys, you see him, you see him on Instagram, you yeah. see him pop up because he is always here. He's, he's very photogenic. He's very cute. <laughs> One of his many talents. <laughs> he's very adorable. His many talents are photogenic and saying the word no. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, it. to think that your son's brand wouldn't be just absolutely flawless is a stupid I know. assumption. So I, keep, I, I keep telling Ethan, I was like, we got to come up with something for this kid. Like, we named him Oliver Holmes. Like, right, that right there. Yeah. It's a brand-worthy name. And I'm like, I'm not quite sure what business that little kid is going to start. <laughs> oh, my God, I love <laughs> At this. the age of two. But... <laughs> amazing. His choices like, are food and marketing, so... <laughs> Right. Uh, I told Ethan, I was like, he's not allowed to start a food brand. Okay. Yeah, no. The stress around starting a what food is brand enough? is. What, what is enough? I was sure. like, that kid is going to be starting therapy very early if he starts a food we'll, brand. We'll stick to the applesauce. We're good. I'm, we'll just cut it there. Yeah. Amazing. 100%. All right. Well, I think a good place to continue would be to just talk about your kind of five-year plan sort of where we see things being. I know that's like the worst question, but just kind of the future and where things are going from here. I mean, they've come a long way. And I think, like we said, a lot of it's full circle. I think a lot of like the things that you experienced and the things that kind of changed your experience are what you're working forward to kind of change for other people and make easier for them or easier for yourself even. I mean, there's definitely an aspect of learning from things that you've done in the past and deciding that you know things need to be realigned a different way maybe because of Oliver or you know this new kind of challenge you're facing with him <laughs> and running things and as he grows and your business grows all at the same time um but where do you see it all where do you see it all going the five-year full circle plan um I would love to say that I have a clear-cut plan <laughs> I don't think anybody technically has a clear-cut plan but Pretty much how I feel is that we have been working on Audit and Company, the branding side, for five years. So I believe that it deserves to take a backseat to our other companies. Um, and we need to give our other companies some TLC. Um, and that is starting this year in 2022. We are really pivoting to not necessarily focus too much on the branding side of things um, and focusing on building Creatively Stock as the lovely entity it deserves to be and really focus on um, building our nonprofit portion. Um, like I said, I just think that 
audit and company is where we started branding wise, but it is not who we are as a company. It's not even, it's not even the most special thing about us as a company. It's just like where we happen to start and plant our seeds and out of those seeds two very beautiful things have grown and I don't want those to take the back seat like they have in the previous years um, I want them to be forefront and I really want to grow those into their separate businesses not as like little baby businesses um, to audit and company but I want them to be full-fledged businesses so our five-year plan would be to grow those build those teams for those each individual company um, and just let those flourish as they are supposed to flourish. Mm -hmm. And I know it kind of feels like I'm speaking in code because... No, I mean, that's those are your <laughs> passions and they make sense. Like, those are the things that have come from the experiences you've had and wanting to pass on to young creatives and to people of color, the experiences that you've physically gone through yourself and see a need to solve yes. the issue, these issues. Yes. So I think that these are your two kind of babies not in a sense that they're small but babies in a sense that you care about them and they're kind of like your passion projects that came out of Odden Co and like you said it was kind of, Odden Co was kind of like the vehicle to get you there almost yes for sure kind of that's like a good way to put point. it the vehicle to get me there so and it's not I'm not gonna say everyone can do branding because um, that's not true and if you're doing it correctly not everyone can properly do branding but it is a very easy market to break into there are a lot of solo entrepreneurs doing it freelancers doing it so it's like not that we are not unique in how we do it but come on we're, we're just designing brands and mm -hmm. I find creatively stock and on creative network to be what is unique about Auden and Company. So if you see our structure, Auden and Company is the umbrella that all three of our businesses fall under, um, but we're just really pivoting uh, and embracing those two passion projects to give them the same love that I gave Auden and Co. for years. Well, thank you on behalf of everyone listening to the podcast and myself for sharing all of your information and your story and everything that got you to where you are. I think it also kind of helps to explain the business a little bit to even me, who's been on board for quite a while and understands a lot of it and has you know been your friend in it too and has seen a lot of the stuff that is not usually on the internet yeah um <laughs> and I still I mean I learned things today that I didn't know so I guess there's always more to kind of tell and I appreciate you sharing absolutely well that. it is my pleasure to share I'm a talker so I don't mind sharing yeah absolutely <laughs> um that's why we started the whole thing is because we're talkers <laughs> so it should be all right we should never problem with that but I guess to end things and kind of wrap everything up, it would be what is one takeaway that you would give to everyone listening that in their moments where they are experiencing something super audacious that they can't believe is actually happening to them, what is your takeaway and your advice for moments like that? I think the biggest takeaway, even just listening to my story, is one, don't be afraid of chains, change and trust your gut. Because that's pretty much what I did this entire journey is trust my gut and embrace just different changes and how things can just pop up on the fly. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Audacity Podcast. Next week, you guys are going to hear about Alex and her story, how we met, what she's up to now, and just how she is my right-hand woman. Bye, See you guys next Thursday. Bye.